it was always harder for him to cross the street than it was for him to solve the, the case. It was, it was just tougher for him to get there. It was tougher for him to, to you know, <laughs> time the light or whatever it was than it was to, to, to solve it. And those things stayed that way for the whole eight years. I'm tired of sucking up. I'm tired of sucking up and working for the man. Keeping people down because the law book says I can. Cut my brothers and sisters. Oh, it's not the way to be. But honey, those days are gone. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, quick break uh, last week from the Randy Disher podcast, all things Monk and more. But we are here right now. I am Jason Gray Stanford. I am with the lovely Lara Arocho, my producer, my co-host. Lara, how are you? Good. How are you, Jason? Uh, I'm doing great today. Um, and uh, we have a lot to cover today. I'm really excited about my next guest here on the show. Uh, director, producer, showrunner of the multiple award-winning television series, Monk, Mr. Randy Zisk. Randy, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Dude, I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to have you here. As I just said, we have a lot to cover today. So a quick intro, and we're going to get right to it. Um, it's actually uh, executive producer, isn't it? It was executive producer. But I it will was say, executive. this show is really, the, the, the heart and soul of this show is, is Andy Breckman. So when you say showrunner, I have to feel like, that's a shared position with a lot of people. Yep, fair, fair, fair enough. And you know what? We're going to get into showrunner and kind of what that's all about in a second. But I want to start with this. Randy, you've directed, produced a lot of television series uh, in your time. Uh, but in 2002, the phone rings and somebody, your agents, probably your manager, say to you, hey, there's this new show. It's on USA Network. It's called Monk. And it's in its first season. You know, USA Network's not known at the time for pumping out some great television. Uh, you get a call and they say, hey, do you want to go and direct an episode of this new show? Oh, by the way, it also, also shoots uh, in Toronto. Um, uh, but to the plus side, it does star Tony Shalhoub as a titular character, Adrian Monk. Uh, so what's going through your head at this point? How, how, what are you thinking? Well, there's a lot to the, to the plus side of, of the show. But I will say I watched the pilot immediately, and within a minute I knew I wanted to watch the show, I, direct the show. I had never seen an opening that made me laugh more, that made me understand the character, who he was. And you know the opening. I know you and Larry have even talked about it. It was just set up the entire tone of, the eight seasons, that first scene. Yeah. So I was, I was hooked. They had me at the beginning. I mean, they had yeah, me. I know. And that's great. And I, and I know as a director, that's kind of how you guys judge if you want to direct a show is, you know, especially if you're not familiar with the show, uh, a new show like Monk had just come out. So right. it hadn't even aired or anything. Um, You kind of go back, they give you a couple episodes to watch. And then you kind of go, yeah, this is in my wheelhouse or maybe not so much. But um, what you just mentioned, we absolutely have mentioned on the show, that first scene is it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole entire run of the show because it's exactly what you said. It just encompasses what this show is and most more importantly, who 
this show is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Monk. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, and that's a great credit to Dean Pariseau as well. It is. Uh, you know, who did, who directed the pilot and had, and kind of really, really set us on our way with the kind of how, how the tone and how that, how he wanted that kind of comedy to go and the nuances and how, how to balance that comedy and drama, which we talk about, uh, you know, on this podcast a lot and, you know, how important balancing those two things are walking that, uh, tightrope. So, um, the first episode you show up in Toronto, Mr. Monk, uh, goes to the carnival, uh, episode five, season one. Um, what's your, what's your first impression of, of, of the, of the, of the show, of the cast when you get, when you get there? Well, by then I'd seen a couple other cuts and I, and I just kind of fell in love with the cast and the concept, the tone of the show is really, like you said, it's really tricky because it is a very delicate balance. Um, it can be played too broad it can be pulled back too much there there is a, a level of kind of sit on it and let it let it do its thing but there hadn't been many shows on the air like it so i really related to it and um had so much fun shooting the first episodes with you guys and it was such a such a warm set and the writing as with every episode was was so strong um i just had a blast so i thought i would direct an episode and maybe i'll come back into another one down the road i didn't know um, but it was a really yeah. How did you how did you find how did you find it how did how did that how did Monk come to you did did one of your managers agents kind of call and say hey man we got this new show we think it'll be a fit for you like how did you like how did that come because as I say I know you pick some of them yourself some yeah, of the people kind of it did you know, and I also had a very early phone call from David Hoberman who um, from the beginning from the beginning he and I just kind of hit it off and 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 we had conversations um, early on. And we're talking and it was really just about directing and, and possibly producing something maybe, but, but um, he was very instrumental in it. And then I also, you know, eventually talked to Andy quite a bit. Um, and then after the first episode, I went back to Los Angeles and just kind of kept directing other shows. And then the second season. Yeah. And, and we're going to, and we're going to get, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, uh, you know, the first season goes by the show kind of gets a little bit of, you know, gets a little bit of recognition, a little bit of, it starts to get, you know, catch, catch, catch fire a little bit, you know, namely because Tony gets nominated for a Golden Globe. Right. So we find ourselves leaving Toronto and coming back to California to shoot season two. And there you are <laughs> as, 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 our, as our, our showrunner. Um, so how did that job come about? So that came about from a call from Tony Schlue. I was home one day and Tony called and he said, would you uh, be interested? We're going to move back to Los Angeles. Would you be interested in, in, in coming on full time? And it was the greatest call ever because I, I had so much fun with you guys and was so looking forward to coming back and, and, and working again with you. But I hadn't thought about it on this kind of a level. And then the next seven years is just. Yeah, that's right. Be careful what you wish for. Now, <laughs> now you're on Monk forever man, after <laughs> starting on season two. Yep. Yeah. And we, it just got better and better. I mean, we just, I felt like we just kind of all bonded more each, each, each season. The scripts were always so strong. Andy's vision was, was, was just so kind of perfect to what the show was. And, and you and Ted and Biddy and trailer. And I mean, the whole cast was. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that. We talk about it all the time, how it's like, you know, and I know a lot of shows sounds a little cliche, you know, a lot of shows, are, oh, we, lightning in a bottle, we captured it. But I mean, you know, Monk really, really did have something special. And it kind of, and it was, you know, I talked about this with Andy Breckman when we had him on the show. It was this kind of little show 
that could. We didn't get the big publicity. We didn't get all the hoopla of some of the other shows in that kind of, you know, era, uh, you know, and, and, and after that, we kind of just kind of stayed in our, stayed in our lane and just kind of just every season, just gain momentum and gain momentum. Uh, and you and I were talking off air, uh, you know, that, you know, Monk set some pretty, uh, pretty serious records uh, along its time as far as viewership. Uh, and, you know, and obviously, you know, for USA Network, I believe that it was uh, the first show of USA Network that they ever had that kind of garnered awards and award attention, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think they've had, you know, maybe one or two since, but certainly not to the you know, the heights that Monk ha had achieved, right. um, you know, and that's something that I find very special about the show, you know, considering we didn't have all, considering we didn't have, you know, kind of a, you know, the, the huge kind of, you know, you know, kind of public view social media push that every right. show has nowadays. We were a pretty quiet show, but Tony, what I was going to say, what he brought to that show and, 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 the, and the relationship that he and Andy had, they were just in sync. They, they, they spoke for each other and, and and he just created and 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 just built on this character that you you just loved you just couldn't not fall in love with because he was always struggling with things you know it was always and we talked about this a lot in in to directors who came in and the concept and I know we'll probably talk about this later but it was always harder for him to cross the street than it was for him to solve the the case it was it was just tougher for him to get there it was tougher for him to to you know <laughs> time the light or whatever it was. Than it was to, to to solve it, and those things stayed that way for the whole eight years. Yeah, and now now listen, let's touch on that. Um, one of your jobs as a showrunner on the show, I want you to give me a quick explanation, kind of of what that entails for the for the you know the listeners out there who might not be familiar with kind of the inner workings, you know, and the kind of behind the scenes workings of the show, other than from an actor's perspective. Sure. I want you to tell me a little bit about that, and then I want you to touch on exactly what you said. What happens when you bring in these other directors and you kind of hire these other directors to come in? Because really, you kind of you kind of have to kind of pick ones that you hope can get that tone of the show that you mentioned earlier. And it is it is tricky, you know, to, to kind of do that. So tell me a little bit up first about, you know, just what your kind of duties as as a showrunner. Uh, we'll get to you as a director later, but as a showrunner kind of are. OK. And I'm going to call it as a producing director because I still put sure. it over on the category. Yeah, sure. I, I just call it by its, uh, you know, moniker <laughs> yes. that, that the world as, calls As a producing yeah. director on, on every show is different exactly what, what, the, what the, the duties are. But basically what it is is getting the show off the ground from the, say, from the, from the moment the script is delivered to it airing. So it's, it involves pre-production, production, post-production. Post in pre-production, there's casting and there's, there's, you know, finding the guest star roles, which on our show was always a really fun thing to do because we brought in friends. We, we had a great casting director, the, the um, Amy and Anya did a terrific job bringing in people each, each episode. Um, and then obviously setting up the production, making sure that we could make our days, look at the board, the assistant directors give us a, a schedule and we work with them on that schedule to make sure that something that fits into the eight days that we have. We normally have eight days to do an episode an episode lasts about 42 minutes. So when you break it down, it's about five minutes of film we're shooting a day, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we shoot about two hours a day. We're, by the time it's edited together. Um, so the production is those eight days. And then it goes into post-production, which is editing and the music and, and all the, the, the things that go into the show before it goes on the air. So yeah, and you, 
Andy, and Tony were always very hands-on with kind of walking that baby, that episode, uh, through kind of, you know, its infancy to its kind of completion. Um, and each week, by the way, each week we had to pump one out. We were, um, yeah. and, and, and along with the director who came in, our guest director, who would then, you know, kind of give you his thoughts, you know, in the editing room, et cetera, et cetera. But really, yourself, Andy, uh, and Tony were always very hands-on. You guys very hands-on with the scripts very hands-on with us, with the actors, with the guest actors, just trying to kind of find that right potion, you know, each week for each episode, uh, you know, and as you said, great testament to casting. They did a hell of a job bringing on, you know, uh, the people. And and I don't necessarily mean, you know, our big names that we had on the show, right. because one of the things I always say about Monk, if everybody from the biggest part with the most lines to the one line part on the show, if everybody's not firing on all cylinders, Monk doesn't work. And it doesn't matter how big or small your part is. And it, it, that that's kind of something that, you know, Trailer and I talked about. I talked about that with Andy as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so important to have everybody working uh, as a unit, regardless of what your position is on the program. Yeah, and you're right on it. And I think between Tony and, and, and Andy and David and, and Overman, I, we David. all felt yeah. like we, yeah, we could also go, we could all go in the editing room at any point and make changes. And it always felt like we were in sync. Um, and to get back, so the script comes out and we all read it and we have a table read, as you remember, we had a table read and which is basically you know, where the actors kind of first, that's where I, that's my first taste first of, of the script. You guys have been working on it. You guys have been working on it for a week already. Yeah. And that's usually your first either time of looking at it or you've read it once before that. And, and it's usually, you know, it comes to the most inconvenient. It's always a lunch, you know, in the middle of shooting and you're, you're dressed in whatever you've just been shooting. It's, it's always, you know, some crazy but, so it's, a, it's not the greatest time to do, but it really is the only time that makes sense for production. So we read it. And in our case, one of the great things about Monk and one of my best memories is that the execs at USA were as passionate about the show as we were. You know, they really loved the show as much as we loved the show. And we would all sit at the table read together and um, you guys would read it. And afterwards, we would just discuss it. And I mean... After a while, it just became laughing for an hour because, you know, just the, the moments just really, you know, is, is the first time we heard them and heard you guys read them. It's always different when you read a script by yourself and when you hear the actors do it. It's always. Oh, sure. And, you know, table reads are, you know, in my opinion, are so invaluable. They're so important. And yes, you're absolutely right. Sometimes you're, you know, you just want to have a nap in your trailer, you know, because you've been working all day. But it, the importance, I could never understand actors who like or didn't want to do a table read and didn't want to kind of have that first impression, listen to what your castmates might be, you know, what, where, what angle they might be approaching it from just to get a head start. Yeah. I mean, simply because usually... Uh, and you know this, you know, most times we would finish an episode on Tuesday afternoon and very possibly pick up a new episode Tuesday evening or the, very, the very next morning. So, you know, any kind of extra prep that you had, I always felt that was incredibly beneficial. And, and, and the table read for us is where it started. I agree. And it does for a director as well. I mean, everyone, it's, it's certainly vital for the writers because the writers here for the first time, and they can make tweaks and changes and see what works and what doesn't. But for a director as well. It's the first time you're hearing the relationship between the characters and you're getting ideas about how you're going to shoot it and where you're going to put it. And, and is, does the location that we chose feel right after you've you know, set it up? So so it really is good for in, in our case, we felt it was good for everyone. And we. Yeah. No. Now. 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 Speaking of directors, um, you kind of were 
uh, in charge of kind of bringing on directors, the guest directors uh, for, you know, the television series uh, Monk. How did you go about that? Um, yeah, just very simply, how did you kind of kind of vet these guys to come in? I mean, obviously, many of the directors we had had great resumes prior to even stepping on the, you know, on the set uh, of Monk. But at the same time, you know, I know from my standpoint, we, we were very precious with Monk. We, we knew how that machine worked and how, you know, and we wanted when people came in, you know, you could immediately tell the ones that got it. Right. And then we did have, and hey, it's, we shot a lot of episodes. There's going to be a couple of times in there where you're just like, oh, I, I'm not 100% sure about that, you know, which, and then obviously then that kind of falls back into your court again of trying to right the ship and keep everything running smoothly. But how do you get these directors? Well, I mean, how do you find them? a lot of them, having been in the business so long, you, you know, we know a lot of them. We had a great group of directors. Some were people I'd worked with before. Some, if you remember, were, were groomed in the show. Anton Cropper, you know, came up as our AD and turned out to be a fantastic director. Yep. Um, Michael Zimmer had done comedies. He'd done dramas. He was a great fit for the show. So, you yeah, know, Zinberg, yeah, Zinberg's great. He's still, he's one of my faves to this day, yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah. we had, uh, you know, Jerry Levine did a great job. We just had, we had yep. a really great group of directors and, and, um, you know, it was, it was important for them to bring their vision. We really didn't want, and I would talk to directors beforehand, before we even hired them and said, it's important that you see the show and you watch the show, but we don't want you to copy what we've done. I mean, obviously there is a template here that seems to be working. But really bring your style, bring your vision. And it was a show that was in some ways shot simply and it was complicated. It was, it was hard to shoot it simply, but it kind of had to be because we knew that we weren't going to um, make these fight sequences or these action sequences. We couldn't compete with the shows that had the huge budgets on, on you know, other cable or, or, or movies or whatever. So we kind of went about it in a, a different way. You know, we we take a scene that might've been a fight scene and we put Monk in a, you know, dryer watching it from the inside, you know, looking at that little, you know, opening, looking at it. And that was our way of kind of, you know, doing an action sequence, but having him have his humor in there. Oh yeah. No. And I think a lot of the action sequences that we did shoot in Monk always were colored with uh, uh, humor. One that comes to my mind that you just reminded me of now is a scene that I think is one of the most, is just hilarious is it, he's confronted the six-fingered man. I don't know what episode it is, but, you know, it's a standoff and there's a barrel. Right. And Monk and Monk is trying to, like, you know, just match this guy, you know, this killer, one for one, and he kicks the barrel <laughs> at the killer. But the barrel just rolls so slowly, <laughs> slowly towards the killer. And it is just hilarious. That's, that's so Andy humor. I mean, I know when we read it, and I do remember, well, it took place in a car wash of all places. Um, and he does. He kicks it like he thinks it's going to just fly right into him. And it takes like a minute. And everyone's just watching it. And and one of the and you just said something that I want to touch on. One of the things that it was great about Monk. Speaking of directors who came in, uh, you know, and obviously yourself because you directed uh, the most episodes. I think you directed thirty five episodes of Monk, which shocks me. It feels like it feels like you directed a hundred, but um, it is is that Monk directors when when it when they got it right, when everything went right, we let it breathe. 
you let these moments breathe. And as you just said, yeah, you let that barrel actually run for one minute, you know, because the longer it goes, the funnier it gets. And it just goes, yeah. you know, and so that was something that, uh, you know, did you find when the directors came in, uh, because that's how, that's kind of how I knew a director got it right away. It's, we did, we weren't a show that lived in close-ups. No, we, I was going to say, we, we leaned into those wide shots and those wide shots where people, you could see two faces in the same frame or having who were in the scene. They really played well for us. And we were so lucky too, Randy, because what, like some of the funniest things weren't the scene, what wasn't the scene in the forefront. <laughs> it was what the people were doing in the background of those scenes. And, you know, often Ted and I got to play in the background of a scene that was happening in the foreground. And just uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, early on in season one, Mr. Monk uh, and Dale the Whale, where Disher's in a fat suit in the back, deep, deep background <laughs> for the whole summation, just kind of, you know, can't move, can't get up. And you, it just sits there like in a wide shot. And really the focus is on Tony doing the summation, catching this bad guy. But in the corner of your eye, you know, you could just see this nonsense going on. And I love that. I yeah. loved seeing there was a scene in Mr. Monk and the TV star that it, I, I can't wait to have Teddy on the show. Um, there's a scene that he did that is so subtle and so funny. Remind me. We're, we're on the fake set of the movie scene of, of like of the guys playing, you know, doing the CSI-esque crime scene and we're on the fake set and we're checking it all out and you know and then there's kind of just a scene where we're all sitting at the at the chairs you know in the director's chair watching the scene take place but Ted's kind of off to the side and just very nonchalantly he leans on a on a, a parking meter but the parking meter is clearly just a prop <laughs> it's not a real parking meter so it's not rooted into the ground and he just kind of falls over but what he does is it's so beautiful is he just immediately corrects it, sets it down there and goes about his business. <laughs> doesn't make a meal of it, but it's just, it's one of those moments that just happened as you see us kind of in the center of the frame, yeah. just off to the left of the frame. Ted does that. He was kind of genius at that. And you two together were great. That the one that comes, when you said that the one that came to mind for me was in the carnival episode where Monk and Sharona leave the two of you guys to have a private conversation. Um, to decide whether or not they want to help help you with a case, which Sharona's convincing Monk will get him back on the police force. And they're about 15 feet from you. And they have this conversation. And Monk says, of course, I'm going to go do it or whatever the, the conversation is. But let's stall. Let's just, let's make them think we're thinking about it. And they talk for like 30 seconds. And finally, Ted says, we can hear you. <laughs> we can hear you, Monk. <laughs> I just, the way that you guys yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think like Monk was built on, Monk was built on scenes like that. Obviously, you know, uh, we say all the time here on the show, you know, it, it starts from the top, it starts at the head. That's Tony Shalhoub. You know what I mean? You know, Tony sets the tone and then, you know, it's our job to just kind of fall in line, follow suit. And, uh, you know, that kind of, that kind of combination, uh, you know, just, you, you just know when it kind of jives you know, uh, and when, and, and when it, when it works now, I will, now I will say, because we paid all these compliments, I wanted, I want to say there was a scene once on the show, we had a director on the show who will go nameless. <laughs> um, uh, but his vision was very strong. And there was a scene that the lovely late Glenn Headley and I were doing, and the scene was very simple. 
It was to stop her going into Captain Stottlemyre's office. And it was scripted as Disher's at his desk. And she kind of comes storming in and he has to stand up and just like not let her get in there, do right. whatever he has to do. So he starts showing it, showing her his gun and, you know, how the bullets, how, where the bullets go and, you know, his, 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 his badge and all that. It's just, you know, ridiculous stuff. But the director came in and he wanted to take it like on a kind of a one like walk and talk, like right with her going and, and Glenn to her credit, because I was kind of a noob then. You know, still, you know, so I was kind of still just, I'll do, I'm doing, following the rules, do whatever, you know. And, and she was like, it doesn't really seem to me, you know, if we could make a suggestion, if we're just walking down the hall and he's walking beside me, he's not really stopping me from getting into the room. Once I get there, I'm getting in there. But I guess my point is, is it for the, from the director's standpoint, he just wanted a cool shot. What works best for the scene? And that then goes finally, show, not just Monk, but for any show, you yeah. know, what's the point of view of the scene? What is it that you're trying to tell? What's this, what's the message? And but I think more so with Monk than most shows, we kind of stayed away from cranes. We kind of stayed away from the big steady cam, you know, wonders. And those things. We just were really about substance over style, not style over substance. So sometimes we had kind of a little bit of an unhip look to our show or we had a little bit of a, you know, a, kind of a quieter show. But in, in some way, in some ways, it kind of made us a little hipper. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and that's why, I, and that's why I told that story because I wanted to go in this direction yeah. because I think that's why Monk has had such a longevity is because it it doesn't fit into any milieu or anything. Right. It, it you can watch it any time, and you don't like. I mean, yes, other than the technology and cell phones and those right. type of computers, the way they look now compared to the way they looked then. But as far as a show goes. It's not shot so specifically in one kind of vein or another that it really just the canvas is always open every single time you watch an episode of Monk. It's it's timeless. And I mean, think about it. We shot it on 16 millimeter. We edited it on Final Cut Pro. I mean, we, we definitely were not pushing the envelope. <laughs> That's right. Technology. We're pushing the tech envelope. I actually I actually think that there's I think there's a and, and, and good directing. Is storytelling. You know, it's all about how what's when you watch it, all you're concerned with is, is the story and the characters and the and the dialogue and the relationships and what what Tony you know brought to it was was you could shoot it on an iPhone it didn't matter you know <laughs> yeah no and and that once again I think that can kind of contributes to its you know its success but also the fact that hey you know it's like twenty years later and we're still talking about Monk and people around the world are still finding the show you and I have joked before you know that you know some people still think we're on the air and they're like when's the next season coming out well I'm still finding it because my daughter has gotten into it I have a twelve year old daughter and she's getting into it so I hear it in the background or I'll go and, and watch an episode with her and I just start laughing I, I can't help but laugh sometimes just remembering how we shot it where we were and what was going on the day before the day after. And um, and seeing the joy on her face, seeing it for the first time, it's really sweet. It's really sweet to know that the that, the, that it's still out there, it's still playing in so many places. You know? and yeah, and I, and and as Andy Breckman says, you know, that was the goal. It's like this wide appeal show that can, you know, that that kids can get something out of it, adults can get something out of it, their parents can get something out of it, you know. And it's one of those shows you can sit down and watch with the whole family, and there's a little something in there for everybody. And you know, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that. You know, you can, you, you don't have to turn it off in the, you know, when the killer's killing the, 
you know, the, the guy and, you know, you know how shows are these days, obviously there's, you know, anything, anything goes right. Right. You know, as, as we've progressed in, you know, in television with streaming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, when you but, think you about know, it, to do a cable show that didn't show anything, you know, is kind of remarkable because everybody was doing cable shows. There, you know, the people that were jumping on networks to do cable shows were doing it so they could show more and see more and say more. And, and we're the only cable show that didn't have swear more. It didn't have. We were the anti-cable you know, show. Yeah, we, we, that I remember. Yeah. There were others, but that was what I, I thought was kind of unique and was so great about what what Andy and you yeah. guys do. You know what? You know what was also unique is the fact that uh, Andy Breckman basically never left New Jersey. Um, you know, because most, most television series, uh, that are done, you know, they're, if they're shot on a lot, you know, the network is ever present, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, and, you know, always, you know, kind of sees the, sees the production through their lens. Uh, and then, you know, but with our show, um, I mean, the network, you know, was, you know, when we were shooting at least, and I want to hear your take on this, you know, they were pretty hands off and kind of let you and, David and, you know, Tony and Andy kind of just do your own thing and really kind of, uh, you know, like, obviously it's, it's a little odd that, you know, your, your head writer is 3000 miles away. <laughs> so there were a lot of phone calls, obviously to kind of work things out. We always had a set writer that was able to kind of help us, right. um, you know, but what was your take on that? Because I don't know, have you ever worked, did you ever work in a situation like that before? Not like that. I mean, there was a great level of trust from them, but they were also very, hands-on in a great way during pre-production and post-production, production as well. But they were very uh, involved and supportive. I mean, they really had, 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 had great ideas. And we were just, like I said, we we're just all kind of all in sync. So although when we were shooting, we were pretty much on our own doing our thing. There were, you know, a lot of conversations, a lot of, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's budget conversations, sometimes it's story conversations, but they were always, it always felt like a team. It always felt like we we're on the same team doing doing our thing. So yeah, it never felt, at least, and certainly from my perspective, it never felt like we we were kind of you know thrown any curveballs or had any big roadblocks or no. any big kind of like no, you can't do that. You know, it always seemed to you know you know for lack of a better phrase, work out. You know, kind of work itself out in the end. Right. I remember one 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 episode we uh, we shot kind of a film noir episode. Um, and Mr. Monk and the Leopard, right? Yeah. yeah, and we wanted to air it in black and white. And initially, I think it, there was a little bit of, wow, do we want really, as, as for the network, and I get it, you know, the, to air a show in 2000, whatever year, year it was, 2007, in black and white, it's a little, you know, risky. Um, but they, even then, they were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I remember Tony and, and David, Dan, and I were talking to them, and they were like, yeah, go for it. They were, they just kind of were just such great partners to work with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and as I say, I think what, you know, it's one of the things we joke about is like on a television series, you know, you know, the paparazzi and the press and everybody, they love it when you don't get along. You know what I mean? That's right. when you get all the press, when everybody hates everybody and, you know, there's controversy, but like we really all did for the most part, you know, get along. We were like a family and that's from the, from the network all the way down, you know, through, through throughout the crew. Um, you know, we should tell Lara, you know, cause yeah. You know, during the shoot, it was a set like no other set I'd been on. It really was a family. We would set up Video Village, which is where the monitors are, where the director and the script supervisor and, and, the, and the writer sit. And it, it became stadium seating. They, they would, hair and makeup would be behind us and behind them would be props and wardrobe. And, and everyone was invited to kind of like bring up their chairs. And, and I have to ask you this, 
Jason, because a lot of times we'd have these long takes. And after I said the word cut, there was just this eruption of laughter. How did you keep it <laughs> on the set? How did you not laugh during some of these things? Or did you? Were there times well, you oh, couldn't hold back? Well, you knew. I mean, I you know that we always, we always cracked up. Because I'll be honest, we took our lead from Tony, right? Like, if Tony went, we could all go. That's how the way I looked at it, right? If Tony <laughs> cracked up, that was cool. That was like... We couldn't hold back. Yeah, that was a green light. If Tony went, the green light for everybody to go. Um, but it's it, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things that, you know, almost it's almost like doing live, doing it live. Yeah. Like you kind of know when you have everybody hooked in a scene, you could feel that energy. And as you say, everybody's around Video Village, and it's kind of like we have our little live audience watching us do our shtick up there, right? Our 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 bit. And we don't want to disappoint. So we, you don't want to break. You don't want to break. Like one of the things I loved about the show the most, especially, you know, because obviously it was Biddy and Tony. They kind of were a couple. And uh, uh, obviously Trailer and Tony uh, were a couple. And they did a lot of scenes kind of together on their own. And Ted and I were then left to do, you know, work on our own. And one of the things I loved so much about working with Ted is we really had the desire to really try and get it in the first, like, like right away. Like, so there were no cuts or no edits or no line bobbles, yeah. like the best, like kind of like a live production, you know, like you were doing it on stage, you know, be, and especially in, you know, the masters and stuff like that, right. uh, you know, which are our big wide shots that we shoot. Um, you know, it was so important. And then obviously when you add the kind of, you know, the crew and the cast watching, yeah, you want to please everybody and you want to hear Trust me, you want to hear that when the yeah. scene's over. Well, I remember many times the roar of laughter as soon as you said cut. It's, it's one of the, the regrets I had that Andy wasn't there a lot to see that. I mean, he heard about it because I, I talked to Andy five times a day. I mean, I, you know, he was, he was, he was so connected in, in every way to everything, but I just, that, that, that instant laughter and then, then because we knew when we had it. Right. I mean, we just knew. Oh, yeah. We just got it. It's just, it's yeah. And that was another thing, too. I think, you know, certainly as Monk progressed, we didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on scenes that we were shooting. We kind of when you got it, you got it and you moved on. And I speak about this all the time because I've worked on, you know, a bunch of numerous shows, too. Sure. One of the things I loved about Monk is that we as actors had the freedom to break, make suggestions. Usually everything was there in the writing. So we didn't have to stray too far. But we had freedom to say, hey what if I put a little button on this? Do you think this would work? And you guys were always so welcoming in going, yeah, give it a try. If it works, boom, it's, it's in the, it's in the film. If it, if it doesn't work, no problem. We'll throw yeah. it out. And that was that having that freedom, I think really helped all of us kind of just, just be, you know, be more relaxed to know that you could kind of try something, fail. If it didn't work, no problem. It was okay. You know, and then, but if it succeeded, it was, you know, it was, it was a great addition to the already great stuff that you had on the page. And all the writers, uh, yourself, you know, many of the directors that came on as guests were very open to letting us do that. And trust me, I, the reason I say that is because I've been on sets where they're like, no. Right. Well, don't do that. in our case, we just felt like everyone elevated the show and everyone was there to elevate the show, no matter what their position was. And, and that was what was kind of great about the show is that everybody kind of kicked in and had ideas and, and, um, I mean, obviously, the more episodes you do, the closer everyone is together, and you kind of know what's working and what what's not going to work. Yeah, and, and we were always like, kind of like the best idea wins, no matter where it comes from. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who it comes from. Um, you know, uh, speaking of that, um, that also leads me to the great guest stars that we got on Monk. 
uh, during its run. I mean, right from the very beginning, right to the very end. Uh, just, uh, I mean, you know, Tucci, Molina, uh, Lori Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, I mean, the list goes, list, Kitaro, the list goes on and on and on and on. And that's one of the things we are definitely known for, especially in that time period when a lot of those people didn't necessarily bop onto a television series and do and do guest stars. Yeah. Um, how did you guys go about finding these guest stars and, and, and getting them to come uh, and do the show? I know near the end of the series, the show spoke for itself a little bit and get people were would be more than happy to come on and be a part of the show but early on you've got to set the tone like that's your job randy you know once again as the producer producing director that kind of falls on your plate to to get these guys in and 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 hope they fit and hope they jive with the cast so how do you go about that well a lot of the bigger guest stars um were i mean tony has such a reputation in the business and everybody wants to work with him and a lot of them were friends of his i mean tutor was a friend of his stanley was a friend of his alfred was a friend of his um laurie was a friend of his so i think the opportunity to 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 work together and he would you know he he and you, he would when you have him on the show he'll he'll tell the stories better than i will but but he was very instrumental in that and and then to see the, them in the set together i mean there's such classic moments with him and, and, and Ambrose hugging each other or not hugging each other with him and Tucci trying to, to straighten a, a sticker on a car when they put the gun down and they're saying the whole time. I mean, there's just so many classic moments. Lori Metcalf, she brought so much to her character. She came up with the big gulp. She, the, 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 I mean, she just did so many. Yeah, no, there, that's one of my, one of my great regrets of doing Monk is that, is that Ted and I didn't get to work with Lori oh, on yeah. that particular episode because they were off on the farm. They were off, like he had amnesia or something. Right. He was gone. Right. Yeah, right? And we were working in the precinct. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Right? yeah it, that, that happened a lot where you were, where a guest star would come on and you'd be like man i need a scene with the turo yeah. guys come on yeah um but it but we really got lucky yeah like, with all sarah silverman guys. yeah she yep. was great in the two episodes she was in i mean we yeah. we had really great great guest stars yeah we really really uh you know and and we've talked about this too especially with andy um you know really people wanted to work with tony you know and 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 tony has this great wealth of wonderful actor buddies you know, in, in Hollywood, you know, who are, you know, yeah. top, top, the top of the top of the food chain, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and all, you know, incredibly lovely and welcoming. Um, you know, when Alfred Molina, you know, did the show, uh, you know, he was just so such a just so wonderful. I remember I who directed you who directed that episode? Made that. Naked Man was I did that. Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a that was a good Angela Kinsey. Yeah. We we're hoping to get on the show. Oh, you got to get Diedrich Bader uh, and and Fred. Um, you did this shot in this mansion. We were out in Malibu and it was like a one down the stairwell. Right. Do, you, do you remember this? Yep. Down the long, long stairwell out into the pool, like and around the pool. And it was just Fred talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. He was, he was and, fantastic. And do you remember the opening scene when you and Ted go across the beach? And you have to stop Monk from saying that there's nudity. So you're yeah. always just pointing down. Like, you take yeah. a there, take a look at it. You just wouldn't let him look up. And finally, when he did, he just froze. Yeah, yeah, it was great. In fact, Mr. Monk and the Naked Man is a great all-around episode. Yeah. Great guest stars. Great, um, like, uh, like just kind of a great uh, concept for an episode, like, all around, like, in the Monk world, so to speak. You know, a lot of mention of hippies. I like to, uh, like to, <laughs> I like to bring that up all the time with Andy. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, a quick story about Fred and just about how gracious our guest stars were. 
I did another series with him a few years later. Oh, wow. And I was late, a uh, late addition to the cast. And, you know, I kind of had to come in and they had already done a couple, right? And I think maybe somebody left the show and I took over for them. Uh, and he was the first one out of his seat to come over and come, hey, how are you? Hi, Jace, how are you, man? Come on over. Right? He was just <laughs> like by far. So, I mean, we, and that was a relationship I, yeah. that was cultivated on Monk. You know, so and I mean, and we had so many great, 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 great people like that. Now, and they also, any- you know, Andy, and a credit to Andy again, he just wrote such great characters them because a lot of times guest stars will come on, they'll be promised all these things. You know, they don't see the script before they sign on, usually because it's being written, and then they get these parts that Andy's written, and he just, he just got it. He just knew how to write. I mean, Stanley playing Adrian. Stanley, did you playing him? I mean, what what a great role. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, I mean, Tucci and Lori both won Emmys for the show. Yeah, Stanley yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, both of them. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, now, were there any guest stars that you guys really wanted on the show, but were unable to, un, unable to get for whatever, for whatever reason? Like anybody we were like, oh man, we really wish we could have, we could have pulled that one off. That's a good question. I don't remember yeah. anybody that we um, that we went after that we didn't get. I'm sure there were some. I'm sure I'm, there always are. Um, nobody comes to mind. Some people we talked to on the phone. I remember, you know, Andy and I calling Snoop Dogg to ask if he would do it, and 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 it was a really fun conversation, and, and he was totally aboard. Um, same with I remember Andy and I calling James Brolin. Um, I don't remember anybody who you know. Also, I don't want to leave this out because. David Hoberman was was a huge, I mean, he, that was also his category. I mean, he knew so many people. He'd worked with so many people. A lot of times we would go to David and we would say, can you help us with somebody? And he always came through as well. So David had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, his, 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 his background, his wealth of work is yes. just uh, astounding. So yeah, I'm sure he could dip into that pocket and uh, make a few phone calls and get some A-listers yeah. to come and, uh, so he to really come and join that. us. He about with directors as well. He got us some great directors, you know, that did features with him and, and, and whatever. Um, there's something yeah. I was going to mention that I don't know that another show has this one that we have. And this is also reminds me of David, because, you know, if you remember, we won an Emmy for the theme music on the first season. the Jack right. yeah. And then we changed the theme song the second season and we won an Emmy again. I don't yeah. know that any shows have won two Emmys in a row. <laughs> yeah, for, 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 the theme, theme for theme song. Yep. Yeah. No. And, and, and listen, one of the great things about Monk is, you know, Jeff Beale's music was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, you know, Randy Newman, obviously equally, fa- equally fantastic. And now, um, you know, when I go back and see shows on, you know, different and whether they're on Amazon or wherever I catch them, uh, because the reruns are endless and they're still all over the place. Um, you know, they kind of amalgamate the music sometimes, you know, we get the Randy yeah. Newman at the beginning, right. but then at the, in the outro, you get the original, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's so, and it's so charming and both of them work. They both, both of them work so okay. remember, well. Here's, a, here's, here's something for your for your audience. Do you remember there was a third theme song for one episode? Wait, no, what was it? No, I forget. Snoop did it. The theme oh, my God, right, of oh, course. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. That Snoop did it. Oh, fantastic. That's right. There, there you go. See, I mean, like, that's just, like, I, I completely forgot about that. But, I mean, like, number one, like, Snoop Dogg and Monk in the same sentence yeah. is weird. But it completely works. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's the same. I mean, honestly, it's the same thing, like, that we managed to pull Willie Nelson, you know? 
which was, you know, which was one like, of my and that was things. early, early on. That's a story I want to know the history to at some point. I, who has who has the answer to that? How we got Willie Nelson? Andy and Tony, probably David. I wasn't, I don't know, but one of my favorite scenes is when when Monk can't play, when he just can't, he just can't put his mouth on it just and then play his instrument. I, I just that was like such a heartbreaking scene when all he's cared about the whole episode is to play with Willie Nelson. And then do you remember when they were testing his Yeah, yeah, we're in the studio and he's trying to get, yeah, put his mouth on the mouthpiece and the other guy's already put it in his mouth. Oh uh, yeah. It's um it's uh that's uh one of the things again that was so great about it is that these guest stars that we had who came in really just embraced everything about the show. There was very little, very little to zero resistance about, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do that. They just kind of dove in. They went for it. You know, they really, yeah. and I mean, above and beyond, they really um, just took to the character and, and, and went for it and kept it grounded. And I think that's something that was really important from our um, viewpoint is that we play the show real and we play the show grounded. So it didn't become a sitcom or it didn't become broad. We kind of did sit on a lot of the, the the jokes and the humor and the guest stars weren't over the top. They were just, it was normal conversations. I mean, obviously the arena was, was out there sometimes, but, but we really kind of just played it real. Yeah. And it's, and it's so important. And as I say, I think that's one of the things when Tim Bagley was on the show, we talked about that, uh, about just, it's like the, the type of comedy I mean, that certainly that I like and, and, and Tim mentioned it as well, is just that grounded comedy. It's so it's even though the situations may be bizarre and ludicrous, the characters inside those situations are playing it very true to form. Right. You know, I mean, Disher did a lot of outlandish things, but they all made sense to Lieutenant Disher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I love the fact that we stayed away from, you know, being like being like too, too broad. You know, and and even though we had big moments on the show, that's a once again a great testament to you know you guys overseeing it because you know you guys had to rein us in sometimes without question and kind of go ah just just pull that back a little you're <laughs> you know you're blowing it a bit. We definitely tried to ground everything and 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 you guys also knew that and had that and and, and what you guys did was was remarkable. I mean, a lot of times we would just sit back behind Video Village and be like. Got that. Let's move on. I mean, it was, it was, it just, everyone knew their character so well. Yeah. Hey, did you feel, you know, when Monk started gaining momentum, let's say, uh, you know, just very, very early on, did you guys start to feel any pressure, uh, you know, from, you know, kind of from that producing standpoint of like, oh, wow, we, you know, may, did you expect that, that kind of, did you expect it to catch on like that? You know, once it kind of, and, and, and when I say that, what I mean is, is, you know, obviously USA Network at the time, not having a lot of shows, it kind of became the flagship show of USA Network, you know, uh, and like, was there pressure on you guys to kind of, you know, own that? I never felt any, any, any pressure. I, 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 you think about it while you're doing it. You know, when you look back on things, you think about those, those things, but when you're making them, you're just waiting for the next script to come out and just trying to to just make everyone better and better and, and, and figure out a way to, to, to elevate the show each, each episode. And, you know, you're always going to have some that you like more than others and, and, and the seasons, you know, fly by, but um, I never felt that. I, I just always felt like, I mean, I was so excited to read the next script. I was always so excited to read the next script. And when Andy would pitch me what the show was going to be or that, 
you know, twice a year, Tony and I would, would go to um, New Jersey. We would fly to Summit and Andy and his team of riders, and he had such a great team of riders. Tom and his brother, John Collier. I mean, it was, I'm I'm missing some, but but the riders were really fantastic. And and Andy's voice, you know, obviously is, is, is what it is. But we would go there and they would lay out the episodes on index cards. And from the beginning, Tony and I would just sit there and just start laughing. I mean, he would say with it, with the, just the title of the episode and then what the premise was. So we were, we were hooked from the beginning and, and that went on every year, twice a year, we would fly down there and spend a day or two in summit and, and the writers would go through the show, this, the season, and then we'd come back and just couldn't wait for each episode. Yeah. And one of the things trailer and I talked about when she was on the show Uh, you know, for all the monk fans out there, one of the questions we get a lot is like, did you know what was going to happen to your character? Like from episode to episode. And we were, we were literally like, no, we just wanted to wait and see what was thrown at us, (laughs) you know? And it was just so, it was just like, so exciting, as you said, to see the next script come through and to kind of see what we were going to be doing and how, and then to kind of start, you know, the, you know, the mechanics working of how we were going to pull that pull that off, uh, you know, you know, episode to episode, season to season. Was there a point in Monk for you, though, when you kind of realized you were like, yeah, we're got hit. This is a, this is a, this is a hit show. Cause I know for me, it was when we got a two season pickup. (laughs) (laughs) Another one for me was when they said, do you want to do a show in New York? And, you know, they don't usually take shows out of town and do it. You know, they out of town episode, unless you're doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, and we went and did a, you know, Monk Takes Manhattan, which was so much fun. It has some of my favorite scenes. Of, of- oh, yeah, was it, that was great. I mean, it was that was fantastic to go and shoot a show in New York. And, and, and it became kind of like we were like, let's try to do a show out of town every year. And, and, and Larry, we would most we never got to New York again, but we would do a show at the wine country or we would do a show in San Diego or we would, right. and we would do a lot of small trips. And, and, and it was fun because the whole crew got to, to come. And, and we would all stay, stay stay together at a motel or hotel or whatever. And um, really, um, like Jason said from the beginning, it was such a family. We knew each other so well. We would shoot only six months a year. And it would be three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off. And I was amazed at how many people on the crew that we retained because everybody pretty much came back. And that's not easy when you're you know down for, for half a year. But- yeah, and that's a real testament, though, to you guys because you guys really made it a point to try and bring back as many of our key crew members as possible. Because I know this for a fact. I mean, you know, when we go on hiatus, the crew goes off and they go on to other sure. other TV series that sure. sometimes run it, you know, off schedule to ours. Um, and it was so important for us to get back our makeup, our hair, like all the, all the key kind of positions. Uh, and that was, that's, that's you guys who really made that happen and kind of, you know, built our monk shooting schedule around that and kind of really just kind of appealed to them. But I also think it's the, it's the set that you guys created and the atmosphere you created that like, and I'll be honest, like who doesn't want to come back if you can to a really fun working environment where there's very little raising of the voices, uh, you know, and, and, and it's, and truly, as you said earlier on in the podcast, uh, kind of just, you know, open conversation, open dialogue between anybody, between any department. Um, and you know, that, that kind of level of communication and respect between everybody really is something to be said because it's, it was so 
you know, you hear about horror stories on film sets and TV sets and yellers and screamers and departments not getting along. No. It was such a, like a gentle set. I mean, we'd all come do our thing. We'd laugh all day long and then we'd come back the next day. So there was really, we didn't have the drama that, 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 um, you know, just didn't, it just seemed to go really smooth. Yeah, I agree. When we came all on set and I, and I mentioned this before, I was like, we were not one of those shows that like, you know, where the cast and the crew all hung out and partied after hours and, you know, did any of that kind of stuff. Like, but when we got to set, that's when our fa- that's when we family. I mean, you know, Tony went home to his family. I went to mine and Ted and trailer. We all kind of separated and right. you know, after work and stuff like that. But when you got on set at five a.m. in the morning, and got in that makeup trailer. That's when the fa- that's when you became family immediately right there. So like the the work family aspect of it was you know irre- irreplaceable. Um, speaking of irreplaceable, we did two seasons of the show, two and a half seasons of the show, and we lost one of our cast members. Right. Uh, Biddy Schramm, the wonderful Biddy Schramm, who played Sharona Fleming. Um, and up to that point, the dynamic between Adrian Monk and Sharona Fleming was truly, truly incredible. Both uh, Tony and Biddy Golden Globe nominated actors uh, for that season uh, of Monk. Um, but unfortunately, Biddy left the, the series. Right. And now you're stuck, Randy, with a series that is gaining momentum and you've got to replace a very, very key position in the, in this show. What, 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 what do you do now? Yeah. And their relationship was so special. It was so wonderful. The two of them together, I mean, they were just so fantastic to watch it and they just worked off each other so well. So it was difficult. And um, I give credit to Andy for, for not trying to write the same type of character, but really going a different way and saying, okay, we had that. And that was a great relationship. And it's one that, he and I were so thrilled that it came back the last season. And, and listen, that's why, and that's why we can bring this up is because this this story does have a happy ending. Yeah. And Biddy and Sharona Fleming played such an integral part in the but last part. few episodes yeah. of the series of Monk that it really did all work out for the best. I mean, like clearly not to throw out any spoilers, but it really ends on such a beautiful yeah. note for all the original cast members. We were so happy that, that we got to do it, you know, to work with her again. And and Andy just wrote a, a, a kind of a totally different character. In How'd it. you find Trailer? I had known Trailer um, as a friend um, and had, had worked with her even once before on, on the show Lois and Clark that, that, that I was producing, you know, years before. And, and I thought she was really talented and I, I kind of saw that she, um, you know, followed her career and she had done comedy after comedy and they were all, you know, really terrific shows and she had great timing and she came in and, and, and read, we brought her in and she came in and read and, and um, auditioned and went in front of the network in the studio. And, and uh, it was a little bit, you know, we were, we were, whenever you change a character, it's always, you know, you're wondering what, what's going to come, but she brought so much to it and um, it turned out great. And I think the relationship that you guys all had made it, Made it yeah, click. I think the trailer, she she did mention that she knew nothing about the show when she came into audition for it originally. And that you had to give her like a, a DVD to be like, please go and brush up before your network test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please learn the names of the characters before you yeah. uh, come in and audition again. <laughs> she, yeah, she did not know the show at all, but, um, but she caught on pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I will say this, um, you know, uh, when trailer did join the show uh, kind of midstream there, 
you know, we as a cast, the other three of us, it was very seamless. You know, she really, yeah, yeah, it was was. very seamless. And she kind of just came in, fit right in. Although, as you said, those two characters couldn't be more different in the way they handled Adrian Monk, Uh uh, you know, and their approach to him. Um, But, you know, trailer just kind of, she really just fit in. And then obviously the rest is history. You know, you go on to make, you know, X amount of wonderful, wonderful episodes and, you know, some, some really just memorable, memorable moments all the way uh, around. Uh, and now uh, on the memorable moment part, you directed a lot of episodes, Monk, Randy. Do you have any, do you have a favorite one? Do you have anything, do you have favorites that you directed? Or not, or not directed? Yeah, I mean, I, there's so many. I, I was actually looking at the list recently. Thinking, I, I really loved Three Pies. Um, you know, it just to me, it had so many fun moments that 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 in, in that show. I, I really love Monk Takes His Medicine because it was such a departure for him. I mean, when he first puts on a Hawaiian shirt and he shrugs things off that normally he could never shrug off, it was it was really it was a really fun episode to uh, to direct. Um, I mean, the finale, the two part of finale. I thought we really ended the show on a great note, which doesn't always happen, you know. So I was really um, excited to, to to do that 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 last two episodes, and also find the killer and you know solve that mystery. Um, and that was a very emotional. That was very. You remember the last few days on the set? It was so emotional. It was so emotional in so many ways. So so I always have great you know um, remembrances of that episode. Um, yeah, but it you- was uh, in the two parters. My favorite. The two parters. My right. favorite episode. And but really mainly mainly because. It is so special. It's so finite to be able to end a show on your own terms. And so many, trust me, I've done, you know, you know, my, my share that, you know, end abruptly or you never get a chance to kind of finish the journey and you always wonder what it might've been like, but Monk really kind of went out on its own two feet, you know, uh, and it, it, it's such a, and as you say, it was a very emotional two-parter, you know, kind of behind the scenes for all of us, but also a very kind of such an impactful episodes or two episodes of television because we were wrapping so much up, you know, basically seven, eight seasons of, you know, of, of television. Um, and it was, you know, special for so, so many uh, reasons. And uh, yeah, so I'll always remember the the two parter, and there there are so many. I remember Mr. Monk goes to the dentist, which was one of my favorites because right. that's when I that's when the Randy Disher project was yep. first. I remember created. it all. Yeah, the Randy was, Disher project. Come on. Yeah, and it, and it was just and and once it was created, once that once that show kind of came, and also great guest stars, Brooke, um, uh, you know, Favreau. I mean, like like, I man, we really we're knocking it out of the park by by season four, I think. When this is kind of when this yeah. when this I mean, episode when Tony comes says, out. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? When he's got, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's just there's just classic lines in that episode. Yeah, it and it and it kind of is, but it was a great episode. The reason I love that episode is because it was like kind of a transition episode for Disher, where he, he you know, remember he got angry and quit the force. Yep. And, yep. You know, he really kind of found his voice in, in that episode. It, but but basically, obviously, once the Randy Disher project started. I just knew I was like, oh, this is going to come around the bend again. <laughs> <laughs> I have some great, some, some 
fun Randy Disher moments that I have to, to, to share with you. Uh -huh. um, two of my favorite scenes with you involve a very similar, kind of a similar catchphrase. One was, he's the man, and one was, you're the man. Now, do you remember those two? I, okay, listen, I think I remember, I think I think I, that you're the man, Ted and I are at this barbecue. Oh my God, yes. Right, okay, and, <laughs> and you know what's, you, know, you wanna know what's funny is, I'm so very lucky that, you know, the fans reach out to me. And it's one of my favorite parts of doing the Randy Disher podcast yeah. is having these great fans on the show to interact with and kind of, I want them to tell me their stories. We don't have one on this episode because this episode is, we need the time with you, Randy. Um, but it, I, I just saw that someone just Instagram me a clip of that scene. I had forgotten all about it and it, we had, it was the first episode we came back after a hiatus, I think. And I was like, this is like one of the funniest scenes on the page that I've written. How are we going to, I don't know how we're going to duplicate. Like it almost reads better on the page than you can possibly make it happen. Yeah. And I just watched it and I was like, man, like, and, and in my opinion, it's like, it's all, it's all Ted. You see, oh, yeah. Ted doesn't sell it. And if Ted doesn't do what he does, it's not funny in the least. His right. straight face He's and his honesty. Hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, you're right. When he discovers it, he just, he, he, you can, yeah. Well, the two of you guys were so great together. And Ted just, he just, he, he just, he's that guy. He just knows how to play that comedy. Yeah. And, and, and one of the great things is, is, I mean, obviously when you came to the show, Randy, I mean, here you're, you're, you're going, all right, well, I've got Tony Shalhoub to work with. This is great. We know we know that. But then you're like, and I've got this other guy who's not necessarily known for his comedy chops. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And then and then you obviously have, you know, you obviously have Biddy Shram when you show up, who's, you know, obviously at that time, you know, and will forever be famous for there is no crying in baseball. Right. Um, right. You know, and then you've got me who's a noob. Who's like, who's like, Hey, I'm doing a show. Uh, you know, like, uh, like, I mean, I, and I think, uh, you know, I, I like everybody else. So like, well, like when I came on the show, everybody else, I was like, wow, I know these guys. Yeah. Right. And, and I had just like, I mean, I was just kind of getting hot. I had done a couple of like cool projects like just prior. And then that kind of leads you to, to the next one. But I mean, I was really the noob coming on there, but I mean, like there, like, there you go. Like Ted you Levine, can, you can have four great actors, just like, you have five great basketball players. If, if the chemistry is not there, it doesn't really matter. You know, right. it, it's the chemistry is just there. The, the relationship you and Ted had, the relationship that 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 Biddy and Tony had, and then and then later Trailer and Tony had. I mean, it was that's what made the show so great. Is the way you guys clicked. You know. Yeah, and I was so excited when I got the part to work with to work with Ted. Um, you know, and obviously that our relationship turned out great over the years. I mean, yeah. I love him to death. I mean, let me but, remind you. Know, let me remind you. He's the man, real fast. Yeah, go. Yeah, please. He's the man. Was one of my favorite little pieces because you were talking to a another cop who had mismatched socks. Tony couldn't concentrate on solving the case. It was the circus episode, and he was at a dine. He was at a restaurant outdoors. He was looking over. To, it's a lot of the pieces are in the main title. He's like doing all this. He's looking around, and. He whispers to Biddy, Biddy whispers to Ted, Ted whispers to you. And this guy has been talking to you the whole time about he's the man. I know all about Monk. He's this, he's that. And, 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 and finally, Ted has to go to him and say, you got to leave. He says, why? Because your socks don't match. Don't ask. Just you got to leave. And he leaves. And Tony says to Ted, when he comes back, he says, did he understand? And Ted says, 
No, we didn't understand. I don't understand Mark, and I've worked here for 20. I mean, so it's just kind of a classic. I know they're, they're, they come, they all come to like, they come flooding back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you start going, when I mean, Ted, Ted and the chimpanzee in the interrogation room oh my gosh. is, is brilliant. <laughs> but what I wanted to say about Ted was, is that, you know, without him, without that kind of, you know, and, and to trailers credit as well, Monk and I were often given the funny, right? Whereas Tony, whereas uh, Ted and trailer were the straight men, so yeah. to speak. And without them, you know, without Ted playing it that way and the way he always approached it with just sheer honesty and just this visceral grounding that he had, you know, it doesn't like Disher doesn't survive. That character doesn't live. Those those moments become too broad or too yeah. outlandish or outrageous. So, I mean, it's a huge credit to how he kind of yeah. attacked his character, he really did. Uh, you know, of Stoudemire. He could do it without a word. He could do it. There was a moment we shot a scene in San Francisco right next to the Golden Gate Bridge where the two of you are looking through a car and Monk and Sharona show up. And just when Monk shows up, the look on his face and your face, the, the like, oh, my God, it was just this, this why did you have to? And he's got, a, 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 to me, one of the classic lines of the show, which is just, um, yeah, he says something about, let us take a crack at it just for the novelty of it. Just let us try to solve the case without you for once. And but the look on his face and your face when you see them arrive is kind of classic. Yeah. And he also, too, I mean, the relationship between him and Monk as it grew over the seasons was terrific because, you know, he was always able to kind of communicate with Monk on that mm -hmm. really human level. I'm, and when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about Stoudemire and Adrian, you right. know, Leland and Adrian, uh, you know, and, and like they're, you know, one where they're in the, the isolation room is, yeah. is one that comes to mind, uh -huh. you know, like kind of Tony was always able to kind of, you know, and those scenes, which were, had no comedy in them at all. Those scenes were just real, two good actors going at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you knew how much that character, Salma, really cared for, for Monk when he was in front of the review board and he, he couldn't say a negative thing about Monk, but he also couldn't recommend him to, 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 to get his, you know, back on the force, it was so heartbreaking for him. So you really, you really felt his, his deep affection for Monk. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being our kind of, you know, producer, director, showrunner, uh, you kind of got to direct a lot of our milestone episodes, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, obviously one, one big one that comes to mind is Mr. Monk's hundredth episode, right. you know, the hundredth case. Um, which, uh, which a funny, funny trivia story because people send me stuff all the time. Somebody yeah. was on like Reddit or something was like, well, you know what? It wasn't really his hundredth case <laughs> because in like episode season three, episode four, uh, you know, uh, Julie and Natalie bring Adrian Monk uh, a cake or something that says, <laughs> you know, congratulations on solving your hundredth case. But actually it was a hundred and fourth case, but they oh rounded it down to a hundred. <laughs> right. So how can it possibly be the hundredth case in season seven? That's so, wow. I mean, like, That's like, like so this is how, this is how good our fans are. Yeah, that's true. This is how on top of there. But I mean, there's an episode that must be a big milestone. That's a big milestone for anybody who makes TV to get to a hundred episodes of yeah. television. And also let me add, we're not shooting 22 a season. Right. We're doing like, how many, like what, what did we do? Why, why did you guys come up with that number? 16? How did you guys come up with that? After the first season, we did 16 a year. We would do it in, in, in 
segments of eight. So we would do eight and then come back and do eight more. Um, so we did 60. So you're right. It takes a while to add up to that, but, um, but yeah, that was a fun episode. And, and, and um, yeah, just a, another monk milestone. Yeah, I know. And it, and it, and it's amazing. Cause there were, there were, there were so many, and there were so many, as we, as I sit here and talk to you, kind of all these, you know, memories start to flood back of just these great scenes that we can kind of just, you know, go over uh, and over and over, you know, yeah, each, uh, you know, each one and break it down. It's so interesting to me. Now I want to talk about just kind of, you know, as we wrap up the series, as we're coming to a close, are you guys thinking, maybe we should do some more. <laughs> should we like, are we pulling the plug a little too early here? How are you, what, what's going through your guys's mind at that time? Well, I can't speak for everyone else, but in, in my mind, I was just so happy that we were going out on top. I always felt like the numbers were going up the, 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 the critically it was becoming more and more of a, of a, of a hit and to go out that way, Felt like it was a, it was a great idea. Um, of course, in hindsight, afterwards you're like, gosh, I sure would like to bring the team back together and do another one. I sure would like to to get everyone and 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 do the 126th episode. I mean, it was so much fun. It was hard to 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 get over the 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 family that, like you said, we we had for those eight years because it was pretty much the same people the whole time. So that's, I mean, I just, you know, that was just such a wonderful time. Um, so I think we were happy that, that, that we were still making strong episodes that we weren't, you know, fading and at least in our minds, we weren't. And I think the fans would agree that the, the episodes were still really good and really strong. The eighth season may be one of the best seasons we did. Um, so I, I think as we were nearing and nearing it, we were excited that the, 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 the Andy and his team just kept up the writing so well. And, and, and we brought in some, some great stars and uh, the episodes were strong. So I think we were, we were happy about all that, but I will say as it was winding down, I was like, maybe a few more would be kind of fun to do. And I think looking back at it now, and you and I have talked about this a couple of times, I said, God, I really missed the team. You know, the game, it was just so much fun. We just had such- Yeah, in, in, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, we probably could have eked out another two seasons. That would have been, <laughs> uh, been great. But Andy brought up a wonderful point. And he said, because, you know, we talk about rebooting it now. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Monk is still out there and still so well received and continuing to find a new audience, you know, X amount of years later, um, you know, that, you know, kind of and, and all, all of a sudden there's a, a trend now to do reboots uh, of, of shows or making shows into limited series again or, uh, you know, turning them into movies of the week you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Andy raises, raises a good point in saying, there's also that part where you go out on top on your own terms that you don't want to come back and necessarily disappoint or, right. you know, and it, it's, you know, and so it's a kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. That's where you feel the pressure because, you know, we were in such a groove, you know, and it's, I think it's easier when you're doing them back to back. And like you said, you finish one on Tuesday and you start the next one on Wednesday, you know, coming back years later, it's, uh, it's, it's it'd, it'd be interesting, but, but um, I don't know. I felt like we had such a, we were so solid and, and, the, and the chemistry, like I said, was so strong that, uh, that, uh, yeah. That, that being said though, we did come back last year for Mr. Monk in quarantine and <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, we didn't skip a beat, pal. No, it was so fun. <laughs> 
it was so fun and we did not skip a beat. Everyone, it was like we never stopped. Yeah. And then and, and here, you know, before I wrap it up and let you go on about your day, um, you know, I ask this to everybody. If we had the opportunity, would you would you would do some more? Oh, my gosh. I'd be thrilled. I mean, I just to, to, like I said, to get the team back together would be so much fun. It would yeah. be so much fun. Yeah. You know what? And I think everybody, you know, I think we all have the same sentiment. And I know that Andy, you know, obviously pitched and had a few ideas for a, a monk movie, yeah. you know, that still could, you know, happen, happen one day, obviously, once we find the right home, hoping that home could be USA Network again, or I guess it's now Peacock. Right. Uh, or what, 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 what have you. But, um, you know, I think because of what's happened over the last couple of years with this pandemic and all this craziness we've gone through, I think that opens up the monk world. You know, I think that opens up the monk world and a whole <laughs> new world to Adrian Monk, uh, you know, with the trouble that he could get himself into nowadays <laughs> with all that's happened over the past, uh, you know, few years or since we've been, uh, since we've been off the air, uh, you know, because uh, certainly in the last couple of years, we've all become a little bit of uh, Adrian Monk. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. With, without, uh, without question. Um, so listen, pal, um, I thank you so much for joining us today uh, oh, on I the show myself. and just sharing some stories, you know, just giving us some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and letting people know kind of just, you know, from a different perspective, from a director's perspective, from a producer's perspective of how your time on Monk was and how kind of the show, the inner workings of the show, um, you know, because they usually just hear from, you know, us, my, us actors sure. know, talking about cool scenes and patting each other on the back and stuff like that. Well, it was really a special group and a special time. And I think that we really just just fell into sync. And and, and, and that just the the chemistry of the of the talent overall the actors the crew the cast the i mean the writing everything just was really um yeah and as i say you know it starts you know from the top uh and you know and that's tony that's yourself yeah. that's andy that's the network kind of giving us kind of carte blanche to do the show that we wanted to do and then obviously you know the wonderful you can't that crew uh you know those guys and those gals were just absolutely amazing and to be able to keep them together for eight years we know how hard it is you know in this business to you know keep a let, let alone to keep a show running for eight years but to keep a crew together for that long uh is uh, is a real testament to uh you know the family aspect which we touched on uh throughout this episode uh you are family to me my brother uh, i can't wait to see <laughs> you in person uh, yes. and uh thank you so much for joining us today thank you Thanks awesome. so much. Go, all right. Go enjoy your day. Get out of here. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Bye -bye, Randy. Randy. Bye, Larry. So how good was Randy Zisk on the show? That was great. That was how so knowledgeable nice. is he? Yes. Uh, all those little behind the scenes information. I loved it. It was so great. He, he, you know, he just, he just jogs so many memories, yeah. you know, uh, for, for me. I mean, I didn't even know half that stuff. Right. You know, that he, that, he, that he brought up and it's just, he's just such a, lovely lovely guy and just oh, such yeah. a caring guy and you can tell how much he cared about the show and the cast and the crew uh you know just hearing his his voice uh you know uh tell some of those stories uh and once again as i say i mean we just kind of we got lucky all around you know you get guys like that yeah. working with you uh and you know you can't really go go wrong well, it's like I was thinking the whole time. You've said to me a million times how everybody was so lovely on the show and you guys were a family. You've said it on this podcast. 
everybody you've introduced me to so far. They couldn't be nicer. Everybody, there's just, it's amazing. You are absolutely right. They're, I know, I'm so impressed. You wanna, yeah, and sometimes you want to come on the podcast and you want to, you know, talk a little shit, so to speak, about like, <laughs> oh, this scandal. went terrible. And oh, I hate that guest star. And yeah. <laughs> oh, these directors were terrible. But we don't really no. have a lot of those stories. Nope, I mean, sorry. on this nope, show, <laughs> our, sto- our stories are positive. I mean, they really are. Yeah. And they come from a really, they come from a really honest, genuine place. And, mm-hmm. you know, when these guys are, you know, when I'm talking to these guys, you know, yeah. my producers, my guest stars, my castmates, I mean, you know, their honesty shows through, you know, right. in these interviews, in these, in these podcasts that we do. Uh, and uh, yeah, we just didn't really have, we don't really have any yeah. bad stories to tell. We only have great stories, yeah. which is, you know, just, a, 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 again, you know, such a, a great thing to be, you know, uh, a part a part of, you know, I'm and sure. that's, uh, hey, and that's once again, that, yeah, and that's why I wanted to do the Randy Disher podcast, all things Monk and more, you know, you can see that's I'm right. actually, uh, everybody out there, I'm drinking from my, uh, prototype uh, Randy Disher uh, podcast mug right I now. And, oh, and Lara, I, I'm, I'm sure you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last week uh, I posted a, uh, a picture on, you know, Instagram and on the social media there uh, of me in my prototype Randy Disher podcast shirt. You were and modeling it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got a lot of, I got a lot of response I from know. people like on my social media, like going, yo, where can we get these shirts and these mugs? What's going on with that? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn it over to you. What's going on with that? Yeah, we're on top of it. We got a lot of great response on uh, on our account as well uh, on social media. And so today, as of today, you can now go to our website and fill out a form. If you are interested in a t-shirt or a mug or both, there's a form right on the front page. The, when, the website is therandydisherpodcast.com. And it's on the front page, a little toward the bottom. Fill out the form. It's kind of like a little waiting list form, shall we say. So just so that we can get an idea of how many uh, cups and T-shirts are in demand. And then we're going to take it from there. So we are on it very well, soon. That is good. You, you yeah. are on it. Well, my I'm, dear. you're not on it. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, so listen, everybody, from, from Lara's mouth to your ears, it is in the works. That's right. Yes. We're listening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we are listening, we are hearing, and uh, it's definitely in the works. So um, thanks for joining us, everybody, today. Uh, we had a great time. We hope yeah. you had a great time. Uh, I'm Jason. This is Lara. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to animals. And remember, as Randy Disher always says, happiness is a choice. We'll see you all real soon. Take care, everybody. The Randy Disher Podcast is a member of the Mouthful Media Podcast Network. That's a mouthful.